Welcome to the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast, which aims to advance gospel-centered youth ministry by equipping and empowering youth ministers and parents to faithfully disciple students towards lifelong faith in Jesus Christ. The Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast is part of the Rooted Family of Podcasts, which also includes the Rooted Conference Podcast, the Rooted Parent Podcast, Ask Alice, and Thanos to Theos. To learn more about Rooted, visit us at rootedministry.com. I'm your host, Davis Lacey, and as we close out the books on 2022, um, we're excited here at Rooted to publish and to let you know uh, what has become one of our favorite year-end traditions here at the ministry, and that is our year-end book awards. Um, I'm pleased to be joined by a number of friends, uh, the first of which I want to introduce to you as Anna Mead. Harris. Anna, welcome to the podcast, and you recently stepped into a new role at Rooted. Let us know a little bit about that as we begin our time together on the podcast. Hey, yes, thanks for having me, Davis. It's really fun to be here, and this is one of my favorite things that we do every year, too. I'm now Senior Director of Content, which sounds super fancy, but what it means is that I oversee the blog, the podcast, the YouTube channel, and work with social media to sort of um, work on coherence between all of our different platforms and make sure we get the word out there about the content that we're creating. So it's been super fun to work together as a team and um, coordinate between all of our different um, different mediums of communication to, to get a coherent um, message across, um, glorifying Jesus and doing what we hope helping the folks uh, with everything that we do. And um, that's one of my favorite things about working with Rooted is that that's our motto, help the folks. And help the folks. That's what, we're, that's what we're trying to do here uh, with the book awards, because there are a lot of books out there. I did a quick search on Amazon this morning. There are over 4,000 youth ministry books available on Amazon. There are over 60,000 books for parents. There are over 10,000 books for Christian parents, and there are over 100,000 books for teenagers. So (laughs) what we are doing here in the book awards and on our resources tabs is trying to trim that down for you a little bit so that um, we can help you find those resources that will be most, most useful to you. We don't want you to waste a lot of time and money reading books that are just not going to be all that helpful. And we're on the lookout for books that are gospel centered, um, full of the hope that we have in Christ and genuinely full of godly wisdom for Christian parents, um, youth ministers and teenagers. So so that's that's what we're on the lookout for. And we want to help vet some resources for you couple of things to know about the books that we review for the rewards is that um, we don't write negative reviews and we don't tell you the things to avoid. We are only recommending the things that we feel good about. And so you you will know that um, that we feel good about the books that have won awards. Now, that doesn't mean that we agree 100% with every single word in every single book. You'll use your own discernment, talk to Jesus about anything that you run across, that uh, test it against the scripture, absolutely, right? That's, that's the most important thing. But, um, you know, it's not 100% unqualified endorsement of every word, but these are books we can recommend for discerning readers to read. There are a couple of books that I'd like to mention that were personal favorites. I reviewed them on the blog and we will um, tag these in the show notes for you, but they sort of defy category, but I cannot recommend these two books strongly enough. One is Everything Sad is Untrue by Daniel Nayeri. It is sort of a fictionalized memoir, absolutely beautiful book. It is written from the perspective of a fourth grader in a fourth grade immigrant in school in Oklahoma. He's come from Iran where his uh, mother and sister and he have fled because his mother became a Christian. It is funny, it is moving, it is odd and different and lovely, and I can't recommend it highly enough. And it would work really well for a youth minister to read with someone they're mentoring or a small group if you do a book group. I know some youth ministries do 
read fiction together um, or a parent to read with a child or maybe around the dinner table. Highly recommend Everything Sad is Untrue. The other one, You're Only Human, How Your Limits Reflect God's Design and Why That's a Good why that's good news. That's Kelly Capic. And again, this is a book that I would recommend for both youth pastors and parents. And the title says a lot, but this, this book is someone that something that I think every Christian adult should read and your Christian college students could read this as well and get a lot. It's a little dense, uh, unless you have for a high schooler, unless you have somebody that really wants to tackle, but Boy, it's about how God's design for our humanity, the limits that he made us with are good. And in our culture that calls us to perform and achieve and go, 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 I don't think that this is a message we can hear often enough. So um, I highly recommend those two books, but I'm going to turn it over to our amazing committee now to hear the books that they selected for our book awards for 2022. Thank you so much for that, Anna. Just as a, a point of curiosity, because I don't know the answer to this question, do you know how uh, how many years in a row we have done the book awards here at Rooted? You know, I'm going to find that out um, <laughs> while we're. I think this is our fourth year. That's um, what I thought. That's what I thought too. That's what I thought too. Yeah, yeah. So this is this has been a really fun thing project for our for us to do, and I just think it enables us to that that many more resources for the youth pastors and parents who come to Rooted. Yeah, awesome. Uh, we've got four different categories to review in the book awards this year, and they kind of represent the diversity of Rooted's listenership and readership. So we've got teenagers directly in view, even though we primarily serve parents and youth workers directly. The end game is that teenagers hear and believe the gospel of grace. Uh, And so we've got teenagers in view. Uh, We also have parents in view and youth workers in view. And you'll hear from all of those uh, different audiences as we go along in our time together today. And the first category I want to introduce is best new books for parents. Uh, The reviewer in this category was my friend and your favorite, Tracy Yee. So Tracy, welcome to this episode of the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me. Um, let's see. I mean, I've had the pleasure of being able to do this. I think this is my second year doing this with you guys. Um, so this is really exciting to be able to just read wonderful books and just review them. And this year's books was really wonderful. Um, I've got three kids of my own. I've got an 11-year-old son, a nine-year-old daughter, and a six-year-old son. I'm a pastor's wife and just serving alongside my husband who happens to also be on Rooted Staff. (laughs) (laughs) We're grateful. Grateful for Kevin. We're really grateful for you and grateful for for everything you bring to the table here at Rooted. Um, Let me know a little bit about some of the honorable mentions that you reviewed this year. If I'm not mistaken, you've got um, one of those. Is that correct? Yes. So I read three books, but my honorable mention, because I couldn't just pick all of them as the favorites, it was really, it was really hard to do. So, um, but the honorable mention is a book by Kristen Weatherall, Weatherell? I don't know. I don't spell that well, but okay. It's called Humble Moms and it's a great book. Um, And the little part below it, it says, How the Work of Christ Sustains the Work of Motherhood. And it's a great book. I highly recommend it for especially young moms. I think moms who have like young babies. She's so honest and vulnerable just in her writing, sharing her own personal struggles and the questions that you wrestle with as a young mom. Like, is God there for me? Does he care for me as I'm struggling and wrestling through this? Um, But it's also written in sort of like a devotional style where she has little meditations and prayers and thoughts. So, you know, moms get interrupted a lot. And so you want to be able to read it really quick and then put it down and then be able to attend to your children. And she has kind of those natural breaks built into her book, which is really wonderful. But I love just the prayers that she writes out of the meditations because it helps you to, I think when you're kind of flustered as a mom, to be able to reflect on those and sort of slow down as you're caring for your child and think about some of those meditations. So I think I really appreciated those um that about her. So that was my honorable mention. Humble moms. Yeah. Humble moms. Thank you so much for that. Humble moms. Okay. That was your honorable mention. You kind of alluded to this, but you've got a couple of co-winners of this year's 2022 Best New Books for Parents. I would love to hear about those. Okay. So I've got two very different books. Okay. Um, And the first one I will talk about that was the tiebreaker was called Special Grace, Prayers and Reflections for Families with Special Needs by Elrena Evans. This was, I mean, it's not a very long book. It's a shorter book, but it's, it's just written with, it's, 
I'm trying to think what the word is. It's like um, she writes prayers basically for parents with um, children of special needs. And I picked this because, well, one, I don't have a child and, you know, with special needs. And it really opened my eyes. And I was so, so, so humbled as I was reading this book because I realized, man, she has really been on her knees for a long time and a lot. And it humbled me as a mom to be like, man, I take for granted so often just the daily graces that I have with my children, just the daily moments that I don't stress out about that she relies on the Lord for. And I realize I need to pray more for my kids for just the everyday things. Um, one of the little prayers like that she has are even things like, you know, prayers for new medications, prayers when medications need to be changed. Those are things that we don't really think about. Prayers when we, um, one of the prayers that I thought was when moving to a new house, and I was like, gosh, like I might pray prayers of Thanksgiving when you're moving to a new house, but you're not thinking about the challenges that that might bring for a family with a special needs child, because for them, that may be a disruption to their regular routine, the familiarity of like their old home. And that may cause a whole new or not just bring up a whole new set of, I don't know, just hardships and difficulties. And so, um, I just wanted to read this little prayer, the when moving to a new home. I was just so touched by it. It says, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to move to a new house. We're excited and happy, but we also fear this change in routine as we mourn the loss of our family, familiar place. Be with us in our new space, Lord. Make it feel like the place we belong. Make it truly our home. And even those things, I was like, gosh, like I could be using that prayer if I ever were to move, like make this new place our new home. Um, and a place where we belong. And you realize like those are challenges that, you know, families with special needs children often face that I don't even realize that, that that's what they're going through. So it really challenged me as a mom to pray more for my children for the everyday. Um, but also it made me think like when I have, when I'm interacting with the moms and the families and the parents um, of children with special needs, how can I better serve them? How can I better love them? And I actually happened to gift this book. As soon as I read it, I was so inspired and touched by it. I have two friends with children with special needs and I bought this book and I gifted it to them. And I said, I was so blessed by it. I hope you are blessed by it. One mom came to me the following week and she said, I bought a copy and sent it to another friend of mine. And so it was just really exciting and encouraging. So there's just, you know, all these different prayers. And this is one that I would recommend, even if you're not a parent with special needs. Um, just so inspirational. You can tell she's been on her knees a lot. <laughs> awesome. Thank um, you. I yeah. love even hearing the story about the uh, the pay it forward. It's like the whole drive through. You pay for the meal for the car behind you, and then they pass it on. And you're doing that with something so much more valuable than um, saturated fats. You know, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's the precious word of God in a book form. So thanks for paying it forward in that regard. Totally. Uh, yeah. All right. So um, I'm excited to hear about this this second co-winner in your category. All right. The second co-winner. I had high expectations even before reading the book, okay? Because it's David Thomas. For those of you guys who don't know, he's a wonderful Christian counselor. Friend and of so the program I had, here at Rooted. Yes, absolutely. So he's uh, he's got a great podcast that I've listened to many times. Um, when he was at one of the Rooted conferences, I definitely sat in on that you know session. So I had high expectations, you guys. So his book is called Raising Emotionally strong boys, tools your son can build for life. And I thought to myself, okay, it's Dave Thomas. I know it's going to be good. And I had high expectations, but boy, did he meet those and surpass those expectations. So good. Um, I started to just read the book and I discovered that as I was reading it, I was just highlighting so much and then I needed to categorize my highlighting. And I've never really done that um, because he went from, let's see, I found things that were inspirational or insightful things that were practical. He had definitions. And then he also had like biblical things, like where he's coming from and why he chose to sort of, I don't know, um, offer these sort of insights. And so I started really highlighting in four different colors for all my different categories. And it was just so helpful. Um, he has, you know, funny little things like when a child answers, how often do we hear this? And I know I hear this from my son, my 11 year old, when I'm asking him, um, hey, what's going on and how are you? And you get the answer, I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, and he, his definition for fine is it's an acronym for feelings in need of expression. And I was like, oh gosh, <laughs> I need to less, be, be not so accepting of fine. So I was like, okay, but I, I often do that too as a mom, right? Like, how are you? I'm fine. So I was like, okay, I need to learn to really model that better for my son. Um, but I also love that sometimes I found and in, not actually this round, but sometimes when you're reading parenting books, 
I kind of beat myself up while I'm reading it because you, you, you're faced with what you're failing with, right? Like you're, you come to realize like, oh man, I'm doing this wrong or I'm not doing that better. And I could be doing this. And why haven't I done this? And oh man, I really messed up on that, you know? And so you come to those, those places where you're really discouraged because you're, you're, you're discovering all your failures. But I actually found this book to be totally the opposite. I was totally in it fully encouraged by this book because it didn't feel overwhelming. He sort of calmly walks you through. He gives you suggestions at the end of some things that you can do practical applications, but not like this laundry list of you must do all these things if you want your children to turn out to be X, Y, Z. Rather, it's like small steps. And he tells you like, there's never a late moment. You can still teach an old dog, you know, new tricks. Um, and I just love just his heart for the book. Um, but what really, really, really challenged me because I have to happen to have like a very explosive personality <laughs> was um, when he said, we have to train ourselves not to react in real time. Um, and I realized, man, if I did that, not just apply that with my parenting, but even in my marriage, if even in my friendships, like that would be a game changer for me to take a step back, take a breather and not react when somebody says something to me that really kind of gets under my skin. Um, that's a really good practice. And that's really what the Lord calls us to do too, right? Like just to be patient and to endure and just to sort of, you know, not be so angry, be quick to anger. Um, and so I just, I was just really inspired by that because I realized I react to my children so many times. And I realized oftentimes when I just react, um, I'm, I hurt them. I really do. And I can prevent those moments if I just were to hold back a little bit and train myself. So it has to really start with me. Um, so yes, it was tools for boys, but it was as a mom, I walked away with so many extra tools. And I was like reading portions of it, like to my husband, I was running downstairs and I was like, you have to read this, listen to it now. And I was like, it's an excerpt, let me share with you. And he's like, you're bombarding me. I said, this is so important. <laughs> um, so this was just such a great book. And Dave Thomas is a wonderful counselor, truly. Mm. Fantastic. Tracy, thank you so much for taking time to review uh, the best new books for parents category in this year's 2022 book awards. Uh, we'll commend these to our listeners and we'll also have them in the show notes of this episode uh, for you to be able to follow those links and learn more about them. But Tracy, once again, thank you so much for your work on this year's book awards. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. So next up, uh, his beard game is one of the best in the business here at Rooted. And that is our friend Tucker. Uh, Tucker. How are you, my friend? Thanks for joining Man, us on, I'm this doing well, on this year's 2020 Book Awards. 2022 That's Book right. Awards. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, man. I'm, I'm doing well. I'm really happy to be here and, and chat with you about some really, really awesome books. What is your, uh, for our listeners, your role and some of your realms of responsibility on Rooted Staff? Yeah, so my job title is Director of Ministry Development, and I get to stick my hands in a bunch of different buckets, but my time is mostly taken up by our new Rooted Mentorship Program, our Rooted Reservoir stuff, which is obviously where all of our training videos and curricula are housed, and then Rooted Regional Groups. I get to facilitate those and uh, chitty chat with the regional group leaders all over the country on a on a quarterly basis. Get to help plan the content, and disseminate that, and uh, have my hand in everything that goes on with those. So that's that's where a majority of my time goes. Fantastic! Thanks so much, brother. Uh, your category in this year's book awards was best new books for teenagers. So. Um, give us a couple of honorable mentions of books that youth workers or maybe even parents uh, listening to this podcast could trust as a valuable resource to put into the hands of, of the teenagers they know and love. Absolutely. So we've got two honorable mentions in this category. And, and really, any of these three books could have been the winner, depending on uh, what the teenager across the Starbucks table from you is, is really struggling with. Our first honorable mention is called Who Am I and Why Do I Matter by Chris Morphew. His book deals with the issue of identity, which I, I think uh, either explicitly or implicitly is an issue that a lot of students struggle with, whether they know it or not. Um, I think probably most publicly and visibly, uh, Carl Truman wrote a whole big book and then a smaller popular level book on how uh, most in the modern West kind of form their identities much more self-consciously than they once did. He uses the example in uh, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self of his grandfather 
coming home from work and if somebody in 2020 could get in their time machine and go backwards and ask him if his job fulfilled him, if it was in accord with his own identity, his grandfather would say, yeah, I mean, I guess I, they cut me a check every two weeks and I get to put food on the table for my family. So yeah, I'd say it's fulfilling and in accord with my identity. And now for people our age and maybe a little older and definitely a little younger, that question is fraught with a lot more challenge and difficulty and friction in inside themselves. And, and that's only magnified for current students. So in this book, Who Am I and Why Do I Matter? Chris Morphew does a really good job of kind of deconstructing really graciously and humbly all of the trappings that kind of come with these modern questions about identity and fulfillment and where do we get our identity from? How do we build that? What do we base it on? He does this a lot by asking just really good pointed questions. He doesn't come off the top rope at students and say, you can't build your identity on your appearance because you will get old and wrinkly one day. You know, he doesn't do anything like that. He very graciously kind of asks pointed questions to the effect of if you base your identity on your appearance, and whether or not you like what you see when you look in the mirror, what happens when you have a bad hair day? What happens to your identity, to your self-esteem, to what you think of yourself? And then as that bleeds down to how you interact with other people and, and how you live your life and experience the world around you. So it is just a really, really good job of taking on a lot of these issues and a lot of the places where students try to build their identity. And he, even me, uh, even adults try to kind of construct their identities upon. And he really shows, especially in the second half of the book, how the only kind of foundation for somebody's identity that can stand the weight and the scrutiny of what it has to bear as an identity of a person who's found in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think it's just so, so helpful and such a necessary element of a young person's Christian life that they um, really come to know the Lord Jesus and their relationship to Him in a way that uh, is able to kind of buttress them um, and and really support them in the midst of all these questions that they're having to ask about uh, their own satisfaction, their own self-esteem, um, their own identity. So Chris Morphew, who am I and why do I matter? A great resource to hand to any student, you know, who um, struggling with, you know, finding their identity in their grades, being bummed out because they're a, a B plus student instead of an A plus student, or, um, you know, by the time this comes out, kids will, probably have gotten all of their college acceptance letters and probably some rejection letters. This would be a great book to press into the hands of kids who are um, on the one side experiencing some deflation because they didn't get into school they wanted to get into, or on the other side, uh, kids who are really jazzed because they got into Dartmouth or whatever, you know, wherever they end up going to school um, to just kind of know that if that, is where you place your identity and your self-worth. It's not going to cut it uh, when the rubber hits the road. So Who Am I and Why Do I Matter by Chris Morphew, a great, great book to press into the hands of your students. That's our first honorable mention. The second one is Alongside Jesus, Devotions for Teenagers by Drew Hill. And uh, both of these books are sufficiently different. I felt good putting them both in the honorable mentions category. I will confess to you guys, our listeners, that I'm generally really skeptical of devotional books. I think sometimes they can be a little bit shallow and can place a little more weight on the anecdote than the biblical passage that they're trying to relate to people. That is not the case at all with Alongside Jesus by Drew Hill. I found this to be fruitful for my own personal life as a 29-year-old adult. He does a lot of things that are just really, really helpful in devotional practice. They are a little longer. And he says in the intro that that's by design. Uh, he wants you to kind of sit with the biblical text he's chosen for a given day and really kind of engage with it in a more substantive way. And all of his uh, devotional text is, is really kind of directing the individual student toward Christ and not um, just simply anecdotes about things that have happened in his own life. He also does this thing at the end of most of his devotional 
selections. He calls them wondering sections. They're just kind of places where students can engage with the biblical text in a little more of a subjective way in a really good and positive and healthy way where they can kind of appropriate the text to their own lives and take what he said and really genuinely and deeply ask themselves, how does what I've read today affect me as I walk out the door and onto the school bus or walk into baseball practice or into key club or whatever the case may be. So um, this would be a great discipleship resource, I would say, especially for the youth pastor, or youth volunteer who has maybe identified somebody in their youth group, in their sphere of influence, who is ready to go deeper in their relationship with Jesus, um, who's looking for some way to get to know the Lord in an even deeper and more personal way. This would be a great, great thing to walk through with a student, meet once a week for four weeks. That's how many devotionals he's got in there. And to just kind of, you know, kick the ball around, so to speak, um, about what he's written. So that's Alongside Jesus, Devotions for Teenagers by Drew Hill. And those are my honorable mentions. You're setting the bar pretty high, uh, my friend. So thank you for recommending both of those to us. Uh, I'm eager to hear about the award winner in Best New Books for Teenagers. And I'd love for you to give that to us right now. Yeah. So Best New Books for Teenagers award winner for 2022, more than clears that bar, is Read This First, A Simple Guide to Getting the Most from the Bible by Gary Millar. I found in my years as a youth pastor that the Bible was a supremely intimidating book for students to engage with on their own. Um, Felt a little bit comfortable coming to youth group and reading it with their peers and with me and their volunteers and their mentors. But once it came to the standard Monday to Saturday cracking open of the Word of God, there was a lot of just uncertainty and general hesitancy. And that's super understandable. I'd feel that sometimes and I have an MDiv and, uh, you know, the Bible is an old book. It's a culturally foreign book in a lot of ways. Uh, It's full of totally different types of literature, but Gary Millar does such a great job of understanding and naming those, you know, issues that, people might have when they come to, to opening the Bible. And he acknowledges the fact that there's probably nobody on earth who is able to open the Bible and understand and love and, and, and get with everything that it says off the top. But one of the emphases I really love in this book is that he just encourages people to just open the Bible. If you don't get it all, that's okay. If there are some things that give you a little heartburn, that's okay too. If you have a lot of questions, that's fine. If something's not clear, join the club. He just does a really good job of kind of normalizing a practice of scripture reading, which I think is really, really helpful. He um, lays out several different aspects of Bible reading, one of which that I loved is being able to assess the vibe of a passage, um, which best I could tell is something close to the tone of the passage. Um but he gives that in sort of language that students in middle and high school can understand and relate to in a lot of ways. And I think that's super, super helpful quote that really resonated with me from this book is uh, on page 31. He says, I've been reading, studying and teaching the Bible for most of my adult life. And I've still got so much to learn, man, I, I can relate to that, but that doesn't mean that the basic message isn't clear and accessible to anyone. It is because remember, God is committed to communicating clearly to us. We just need to jump right in. And that quote kind of encapsulates the emphasis of this whole book, which is Millar's emphasis on just, just getting into the Bible, ask the questions later and just let the Lord do what he does through his word. And I, I think there's just a really, honestly, health, healthy kind of implicit doctrine of scripture there that the Bible is not just a book of facts. It is something that the Holy Spirit uses to work on your heart, to carve out areas that are dead and 
to enliven things that are already healthy, that his Holy Spirit's already put to work in you. And so I think with that understanding of the Bible, you're a little more equipped to, you know, deal with the pieces of scripture that aren't so on the surface understandable or that are a little more challenging to modern readers. So that's our winner for books for teens in 2022. Read this first, a simple guide to getting the most from the Bible by Gary Millar. Tucker Fleming, thank you so much, uh, my brother, for your hard work and excellent recommendations in the 2022 category for best uh, best new books for teenagers. So, brother, thank you very much. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Third on our list, uh, she has Midwestern roots and currently lives in New England, but is truly a Southerner at heart. And that is Chelsea Erickson. Chelsea, welcome to this episode of the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast. Oh, you know, that's like my favorite compliment, Davis. Thank you. So from <laughs> from a Southerner, for someone who lives in New England, it is the highest possible praise. So <laughs> it is the antithesis of bless your heart. It really is. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, love it. it really is. I do love the South. I really do. Well, um, well you're going to bless our hearts. And so I'd love to hear a little <laughs> bit about you and for you to set the stage uh, for best new books to talk about with teenagers. Yeah, so similar to the category that Tucker just reviewed, you know, a couple of these on this list, um, I think teenagers could read themselves, but these are really topics that we want teenagers to discuss. So um, I'm coming at this from like a youth pastor's hat. You know, I was a youth pastor for 13 years. Um, I serve now as the one of the editors on our team at Rooted and also the director of publishing. Um, so that's kind of the perspective I'm coming at it. I'm a mom also, but my little guy's just about to turn two. So <laughs> um, I do think there's some great books in this category for parents, though. So I have I actually have three honorable mentions. The first is Faithfully Different, Regaining Biblical Clarity in a Secular Culture by Natasha Crane. And this book, you know, her thesis is really, I think, that Christians are now a minority in the West. And we need to, therefore, know what's being taught and caught by a secular culture, both in schools online, what our kids are seeing and kind of how they're being catechized by the culture, as our friend Walt Mueller would say, so that we can stand firm ourselves as adults and so that we can help the teenagers in our lives and the younger children in our lives know how to stand firm in this environment. So, you know, she kind of, I think she comes at that from a perspective of we don't need to fear being a minority. You know, God does beautiful things around the world where Christians are in the minority, but we need to know that and have that kind of awareness about us. Um, as we're parenting, as we're pastoring. Um, so this is really kind of, I would see this as kind of a one-stop shop for parents and youth ministers who are trying to understand the progressive ideologies of our secular age and how they fit together, or in some cases don't really fit together that well. Um, so she gives you know some different topics, like she discusses naturalism and kind of the, the secular naturalism that we see so much in the culture. She talks about critical theory and virtue signaling, and she's really just kind of providing this call for parents and youth ministers um, to stand firm and to help their kids stand firm in these things. I think her chapter on deconversion, which is such a hot topic right now, and sadly, just so prevalent. We're seeing so many stories of Christian kind of celebrities or well-known Christian figures walking away from the faith altogether. So this chapter that she has on deconversion, I think is worth the price of the book alone. Um, and if youth ministers, especially if you read nothing else in this book, I would encourage you to get a hold of um, her 10 tips from that chapter for people who are experiencing doubt. She just kind of walks through some really solid recommendations, one of which was, you know, help kids really decide what they what they believe about the resurrection. She said, I never hear people talk about when people are having these doubt conversations, I rarely hear someone say, I know that Christianity hangs on the resurrection. I need to get a firm handle on that. Would you help me? <laughs> you know, they're, they're thinking about everything else. There's sort of this emotional appeal, appeal from the culture um, and from others who have um, kind of been through these so-called deconversions. So I thought that was just super powerful for this cultural moment and something that every youth minister, maybe every parent should read. Um, so that's one of our first, that's our first honorable mention, Faithfully Different, Regaining Biblical Clarity in a Secular Culture by Natasha Crane. Highly recommend. Um, the second in that honorable mention category was um, Terms of Service, uh, The Real Cost of Social Media by Chris Martin. And I have to say, I learned a lot from this book. I'm someone who has, has been on a journey, as many of us have, with social media 
Um, used to use it a lot more than I do now. As a mom of a young child, I'm thinking a lot about, do I want to post this picture? Do I want this to live on the internet? What does this mean for his privacy down the road? So I've become a little more cautious. Um, but even so, this really called me to reconsider some of my online habits and just my scrolling and my shopping and every angle of how um, just there are so many hidden costs that we don't think about in terms of our internet and specifically what he would call the social internet, um, i.e. social media use. Um, and so he doesn't, what I appreciated was he doesn't call for, Chris Martin is someone who's worked in the industry, so to speak, um, in social media for Christian ministries. Um, so he's not like a, he wasn't dismissive of it or saying we should totally disengage, um, but he just was trying to provide, I think, some context and clarity so that Christians can make more thoughtful choices. Um, he wrote this in a way that someone who's not a believer could read it. But at the end of each chapter, he's got a little nugget for Christians. And he specifically calls out, if you're a Christian reading this, here's something to think about. And what I loved about that was um, it was really digestible and it was not in your face. And yet there were really, I thought, poignant thoughts and questions that he brought to the table. So I really, I really could see um, a youth minister or a parent reading this book alongside a student maybe going chapter by chapter together, sitting across the Starbucks table, as Tucker was mentioning, um, and just kind of asking those discipleship questions. Um, like, how how are you wanting to be perceived by others when you're posting this? Or how much time are you spending? And even, I think that's a, a topic, um, you know, youth ministers always have to be a little careful how they share and relate. You don't want to be sharing something that's that you haven't actually processed yet <laughs> with the adults in your lives. But I do think there's like a reciprocity or mutual, uh, mutual kind of sharing that could go on there between a youth pastor and a student or two sitting around a coffee table. So especially for an older student, maybe one who's about to go off to college, this would make a great discipleship resource and something they could very easily read and digest. Um, so again, that one is um, Terms of Service, The Real Cost of Social Media by Chris Martin, one of our honorable mentions. Um, and then our third honorable mention for this category of books to talk about with teenagers is called Cultural Counterfeits, Confronting Five Empty Promises of Our Age and How We Were Made for So Much More by Jen Oshman. Um, and I think, I think that Jen Oshman's goal in this book, which she did very successfully, is that she's wanting to help young women, well, actually women young and old, find their way through sort of the murky waters of feminism and of the perceived teaching of the church um, to see that God really delights in women as his daughters. Um, this one I think would be a little bit harder to read with students, but I think youth ministers and especially parents who are raising daughters ought to give this a read. Um, she kind of helps to disentangle some of the things that we're hearing from the progressive left in order to highlight God's good design for women um, as his image bearers. Um, so yeah, this one was, you know, she addressed things like the Me Too movement. Um, she talked about abortion, about um, just women's rights and what that really means and, and how we've deviated really as a culture from the initial wave of feminism, which was to protect those who are vulnerable. Um, and it's morphed into something that's really different and that puts the rights, the supposed rights of women at odds with the rights of vulnerable unborn babies, you know, so she just was really kind of showing, I think, some in some sort of a Nancy Piercy way for those who have read her books, kind of highlighting um, some of the discrepancies in the cultural narrative that we're hearing and specifically how that's doing damage to our to our to our young girls. Um, so I think parents especially would really appreciate this book and find it helpful. Um, yeah, so that's our that's our third honorable mention: cu cultural counterfeits confronting five empty promises of our age and how we were made for so much more by Jen Oshman. Well, even before oh, this, one more oh, thing, sorry, I yeah, to go say for it. That. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, one more no, thing. No, you see the the um her second to last chapter is called "It's Good to Be a Girl," mm. and I just thought that was an excellent kind of rallying cry for the church to be saying <laughs> to that's to good. women, you know, that's it's good. good to be a girl. Like the Bible tells us that from the beginning to the end. So. Yeah. So even before this episode publishes, I'm going to be looking for copies of Terms of Service and for Cultural Counterfeits. Uh, terms of Service more for me, digesting my own social media habits. But Cultural Counterfeits, just being able to, you know, about 50% or so of the church that I lead are women. And uh, I would like to 
I would, I would like to read that perspective and grow in those areas. So thank you so much for that, Chelsea. Um, again, just kind of like with every other category, you've set the bar really high. Those are strong, honorable mentions. So I'm eager to hear this year's 2022 book award winner uh, for the topic of best new books to talk about with teenagers. Yeah, the winner in this category was honestly one of my top two favorite books that I read in 2022 out of, I think, 30 books. So it's it's really up there for me. It sets a, a really high bar. Um, and the winner is Jesus Through the Eyes of Women, How the First Female Disciples Help Us to Know and Love the Lord by Rebecca McLaughlin. Um, you know, I think there's lots for youth ministers themselves uh, to love about this book because Rebecca McLaughlin does a pretty comprehensive overview of a couple textual issues. I mean, she's really giving a deep dive into these encounters that women had with Jesus in the first century world. And as you do that, you know, there are lots of sort of textual issues that come up in the Gospels about, you know, do we include this passage as part of the canon? What do we do with uh, so-called, you know, Gospels, the Gospel of Mary that is not a part of our Christian canon of Scripture? Um, you know, how do we factor in the validity of first person testimonies. Um, there's just so much that comes up when you're when you're tackling those passages. And she just does a masterful job in such a short little book of tackling those issues, drawing on scholars like Richard Bachman and others who have who have done more extensive work and just really making it digestible. So youth ministers themselves, parents will love this book because it's it's so much packed in. Um, but I'd give a strong push to youth ministers, especially not to keep this book to themselves. Um, this is a book that is begging to be shared with a generation of teenagers who are wondering what Christianity says about women. And I think I think there's a similar goal here to the Jen Oshman book, um, but she's really doing a Bible study with you. And so it's a great way to take teenagers back to the source, you know, to show them what God's word actually says. You may have heard that churches believe this, or you, you may have heard that God feels this way about women, but let's look, you know, kind of a line I learned from my university involvement in college is, let's see what Jesus really said and did. Let's look at the scriptures together. And I think that's a beautiful invitation to this generation. Um, I think our students really do find themselves sort of caught between fourth wave feminism and the messages that they hear from the church or perceived from the church. And this book just has a beautiful, winsome tone um, that I think teenagers will be really, really drawn to. Um, I've just stepped out of full-time youth ministry, but I can't wait until I have a small group that I could read this with. And I'd really recommend that youth ministers share it with boys as well as girls, um, because I think oftentimes they're wrestling with some of these same questions, even though it's from a different perspective. And we can really arm them with the truth of God's word um, to say, yeah, Christianity has always been pro-women and good for women. God loves girls as well as boys. Um, let's see, what else I can, can I say to gush about this? Well, let me just read you a quote from the book. I really did love this book, y'all. Um, so let me just read to you. And this is, this is you know, she gets into some, some serious stuff about what it means to be a woman. So this is not for the faint of heart, but I think it's so good. Um, in, in chapter four, she says, Luke tells us, she's, she's talking about um, the story where Jesus is going to the home where the little girl has died and he gets sort of um, delayed by a woman who's had a, this bleeding issue for many years, for 12 years, and he pauses to spend time with her and to heal her. So um, McLaughlin says, Luke tells us at the beginning of the story that this girl is 12 years old. Mark saves that detail for the end. She had been alive as long as the bleeding woman had been sick. The girl was hitting puberty. The woman's life had been ruined by malfunctioning menstruation. Under Old Testament law, just as Jesus would be made ceremonial, ceremonially unclean by contact with a bleeding woman, so he would be made unclean by touching a dead body. But Jesus is no more put off by our inevitable uncleanness than a mother who has just given birth would be put off from holding her blood-smeared newborn. Before long, Jesus would bleed for this woman and die for this girl. But in this moment, he just makes them well. Ooh. Isn't that good? Mm, um, good? So, you know, I know I just told you that you could read this with boys, but hear me out. <laughs> the Bible, this is just, you know, that, those issues just kind of come up in that one chapter, but still hear me out. Um, the Bible is so earthy and so messy. And I think sometimes it's really hard to know how to engage these themes with teenagers without making it 
more awkward than it needs to be. And, you know, you read the Gospels and these stories come up and we don't always know how to talk about them in a way that's faithful and appropriate. <laughs> and I think that she just gives us a wonderful template here for doing that. Um, and to remind us that Jesus was not put off by our human messiness. That's such a beautiful message uh, for both girls who are dealing with these issues and for boys who read about it and hear about it and find it super foreign, you know? So maybe that will give them more compassion for one another in the complexities of just being like embodied people, you know, with, with gender and with these different physical things that we face. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I loved this book. Can't recommend it highly enough. So our winner is Jesus Through the Eyes of Women, How the First Female Disciples Help Us to Know and Love the Lord by Re Rebecca McLaughlin. It's wonderful. Chelsea, thank you so much for your hard work in reviewing this category, Best New Books to Talk About with Teenagers. We appreciate it. I know that our listeners are going to be blessed uh, by heeding your recommendations. My pleasure. Thanks, Davis. Yeah. Uh, well, we've saved the worst for last uh, because I was this year's reviewer for our fourth and final category, which was Best New Books for Youth Workers. Um, you know, my perspective is unique here at Rooted. I was introduced to Rooted uh, in 2014, attended the first conference 2015 as a vocational youth pastor, um, made a transition, stayed involved with Rooted, but even now as a church planting pastor, sort of in a lead pastor role at a small church, um, I'm involved with Rooted as well. So I have served in different times and different seasons of life as a volunteer uh, youth ministry worker, like a small group leader. I've served as a youth pastor, and now I serve as both a pastor and a church member who, you know, caring for teenagers may not be an explicit bullet point on my job description, um, yet it's a it's a huge part of what I do as, as a pastor. I still care for teenagers and still love the teenagers in our church. So um, my perspective is pretty broad. Maybe that will be helpful in recommending these books. Uh, these books are designed not only for those who have full-time jobs uh, caring and shepherding for teenagers, but also for volunteer, small group leaders, um, for concerned adults in churches that love teenagers, uh, for pastors, members of deacon or elder teams. Um, hopefully these books will be helpful for anyone who has anything to do with caring for and loving teenagers. couple of honorable mentions in this category. Uh, number one is Spurgeon as pastor. The subtitle on that one is Recovering a Biblical and Theological Vision for Ministry. Uh, this is written by Jeffrey Chang, uh, who's on staff at my alma mater, which is Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Um, a lot of us know Spurgeon. Uh, I named a son after Spurgeon, so full disclosure, maybe I'm a little bit biased in recommending this title. Um, you know, some of the stories we hear about Charles Spurgeon have almost reached legendary status. He's almost like the Paul Bunyan of um, of English-speaking uh, Christianity in many ways, or at least some circles of it. Um, you know, his ministry was really fruitful, and that's undeniable. Uh, just like I would look at, you know, stories of James or the Apostle Paul uh, in Scripture and say, well, I'm, I'm nothing like those guys. I have a tendency to look at Spurgeon almost in a similar view and say, I'm nothing like him. He would have no idea what I'm walking through. And this book was just a real encouragement and a delight to read because it totally resets that narrative. Um, Spurgeon, as pastor, discusses all the different ways that Spurgeon was discouraged in ministry. Um, it talks about the different ways that he had to face head-on issues like complacency in his church members, uh, church discipline when you know people went off the rails. Uh, it talks about him not being pleased with some of the results that he was seeing in different seasons of ministry. Um, and so if nothing else, reading that Spurgeon encountered some of the exact same ministry struggles that I face, and I know that our listeners face, uh, that was a really, you know, Chelsea, to kind of use your example, that was a really, it, it, it made Spurgeon a little bit more earthy than legendary um, and helped to see that the way God used him um, was not absent from a lot of the trials and struggles that he uses to sanctify those of us uh, who he's using in ministry now. So I was encouraged by that. For for someone who's working with teenagers, this book also actually spends a pretty extensive amount of time 
uh, talking through some of the ways that Spurgeon and his church leaders uh, integrated children and teenagers into the life of their church. And so there's a pretty cool snapshot of intergenerational integration there. Um, So for all of those reasons, I felt like uh, Spurgeon, the pastor, recovering a biblical and theological vision for ministry by Jeffrey Chang was worthy of an honorable mention uh, in the category of best new books for youth workers. Uh, The second honorable mention is called Understanding Family Worship. It's history, theology, and practice. This is written by Terry L. Johnson, published by Christian Focus Publications. Um, This is a really short book, and I have a new appreciation for short books for concise reading. Um, I know that as a youth pastor, I know currently as a a church planting pastor, uh, I wish my desire to read and my time to read, two different things. There's a discrepancy there. Um, Reading often is one of the things that gets crunched in my schedule. So short, concise books, really, really helpful. And this one is that. And if nothing else, it does a really good job of laying out, you know, some of the ways that Christians throughout church history have understood the concept of family worship. Um, We talk about family worship, especially in youth ministry, you know, here at Rooted, we champion intergenerational integration and partnership with parents, uh, seeing the church and the home married up across all levels uh, of of the generational spectrum. Um, A lot of times we talk about those things, we get fired up about those things, but maybe we don't have a good idea of practically speaking what that would look like. And this book does a really good job. Um, I would say the third chapter of this book, which is called Elements of Family Worship, uh, that really is worth the price of the book. Um, I know that prayer is oftentimes for me, both in public ministry and in private ministry at home, uh, something that I struggle with, maybe a little bit more than biblical reading and biblical literacy. Um, And he does a really awesome job talking through how families and those who are leading family worship can simply and intentionally approach the throne of grace in prayer, Uh, how we can help our kids and our teenage children Uh, learn and grow confident in prayer. And I felt like that alone uh, made this a a great title to put into the hands of um, youth workers, to put into the hands of parents, to put in the hands of volunteers. Um, One of the other things that this book does really well is talk about the connection between a strong preaching and teaching ministry at church and how that spills over into family worship. So I know that one of the questions that youth pastors often ask is, how can I disciple or spiritually encourage the parents in my youth group when I am 20 years younger than them or when my kids are, you know, just babies. I don't have teenage children. I don't feel like I can approach them. The book does a good job of saying by teaching the Bible for all that it's worth, by getting into its nitty gritty details, um, that unleashes a torrent of questions and opportunities for discussion And some of those teenagers are going to go home and ask parents those sorts of questions. So even just by faithfully laboring in the trenches of teaching the Bible to teenagers, you are going to help set the stage in many ways for family worship. And I felt like that was an encouraging word for youth workers as well. So second honorable mention is Understanding Family Worship, Its History, Theology, and Practice by Terry L. Johnson. Uh, Which leads me to talk about our award winner, the 2022 award-winning Uh, book for Best New Books for Youth Workers is a book called Authentic Ministry, Serving from the Heart, and it's written by Michael Reeves. I love the written work of Dr. Reeves. He's written books such as Rejoicing in Christ and Delighting in the Trinity, uh, for those who may be familiar with those titles. The brilliance of Reeves is that he can take a very intricate theological topic and write it so simply and so concisely without losing any of its richness. So it's easy to understand the writing, but the concepts penetrate your heart and lead you to rejoicing in Jesus. So um, it's a short book. It's only about 120 pages and it's broken into nine different chapters. You can do the math on the length of chapter. I use this as devotional material. I would read a chapter a day in the mornings on occasion as I was reading the Bible and it just did wonders for my heart as I was doing that. Um, you know, Reeves's background is he is in theological education. He's training men and women for vocational ministry in the church in all different spheres and all different roles. And uh, he really expresses the heart of this book on page 10. He says, the chapters that follow come from talks that I have given to my students at Union School of Theology. I gave them as a small part of an effort that they might not wear their learning like an impressive cloak to hide their shriveled souls. I offer them to you now that you might serve with integrity, resilience, and joy. So often ministry books that we read focus on the hard skills, the, you know, the the ability to teach, the aptness to 
uh, communicate in written form, the uh, guardrails and boundaries we need to have on relationships, you know, things like that. And those are important. There's a place for that. But so often the heart is neglected. And this book um, really addresses the heart of the youth worker or for anyone else in ministry for that matter. Um, an example of this is in uh, his chapter on prayer called Prayer, Pray Boldly. Uh, he talks about, you know, John Calvin's definition of prayer is the real exercise of faith or the chief exercise of faith. Um, he says, in true prayer, we actually depend on God and trust him. That is exercising faith. In prayer, we show how much we really want communion with God, how much we really depend on him. Prayerlessness is practical atheism. All of that's true. So many of the ministry books that I would read, uh, even in seminary, would stop there and basically say, get it together, do better at prayer, try harder. And it would leave the reader with such just a millstone of guilt and condemnation and shame around their necks. Um, so, so what I love about this book, and this is the evident character of this book that really helps the heart of those in the trenches of ministry, is that Reeves doesn't stop there. He says, yeah, prayerless is, is practical atheism. And then he brings the gospel to bear. If it is true that prayer is the chief exercise of faith, then of course everything, the world, the flesh, and the devil conspires against prayer. What does this mean? It means, my friend, that you're not the odd one out in your struggle with prayer. It is not your secret shame and yours alone, which can be the crippling fear. You're just a sinner, naturally inclined away from faith and prayer. And you know who is the friend of sinners. This is the tone that Reeves takes throughout his book. Um, it's, it's a real encouragement to me, not just in my own heart, but it was helpful for me in growing more gracious with those that I serve. And I think that all nine chapters are going to have that same effect on anyone who's in the trenches of youth ministry. So for that reason, uh, the 2022 book award for best new book for youth workers is Authentic Ministry Serving from the Heart by Michael Reeves. Y'all, this has been a fun conversation talking through these four different categories and all of the different book titles that are available. Um, Anna, as we start to tie a bow on this episode, would you close us out by thanking our panel and also by giving us a highlight of maybe some of the things that are coming down the pike for the content team at Rooted uh, between now and the end of the year? Yeah, absolutely. I just love this team so much. I knew that they would knock it out of the park when I asked them, and they did. And I hope we have given you, our listeners, some Christmas ideas um, for um, if you are a parent for your teenager, for your spouse, for your friend, or for your youth pastor. Um, and then for you youth pastors, um, you've got some books to recommend to go ahead and put in your last little newsletter there before Christmas. Um, and uh, maybe some thoughts about what might work well with small groups and that kind of thing. So hopefully this has been really helpful. It has been super fun for us. Um, we are we got a lot of Christmas content going on. We have, are rounding out our original devotion series that uh, devotionals for teenagers uh, on the prophecies, the messianic prophecies. So we will, we have posted the original 16 devotions that we wrote. We posted that last week and we're rounding that out with eight more. So we'll have a total of 24 and hopefully y'all have seen those on the blog, but um, and then we'll have more, uh, more Christmas content on the parent side as well. And um, we will take a slight break um, after Christmas and the week after Christmas le uh, leading up to um, the middle of the next week. And we'll post our most read articles from 2022, the ones that you found the most helpful. So hopefully you can catch up on some that you may have missed or revisit some of your favorites from 2022. But um Again, um, I just really uh, love these panelists and I'm excited about the resources that they shared and hope they'll be helpful to you. Thank you so much, Anna. And you know, for all of you, thank you so much for your time, your energy, not just in joining us for the conversation today, but in all of the hard work you did throughout this year, reading and reviewing these books. So Chelsea, Tracy, Anna, Tucker, thank you so much for, for making this episode and these recommendations what they are for this year. Thanks for your service to Rooted. Thank you, Davis. Yeah, my Merry pleasure. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry mm -hmm. Christmas. Uh, Happy New Year. Um, and on behalf of Anna and Chelsea and Tracy and Tucker, and on behalf of all of us here at Rooted, uh, my name is Davis Lacey. 
host of this podcast and just want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast. If you found this podcast helpful or encouraging, we'd appreciate your help in bringing this grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated content to others who might also benefit. Help us serve others by sharing this resource on social media, by leaving five-star feedback, or simply by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. For more grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated resources, be sure to visit rootedministry.com. As always, we give a special thanks to High Street Hymns for providing the music on this podcast. And on behalf of all of us here at Rooted, my name is Davis Lacey. Thanks for listening to the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast. Mm-hmm.